Welcome to MishnahStudy.com. This is Jesse Selm, together with studying Masechet Berachot. We're up to Perek Tet Halacha Gimel. Over here we'll speak about Berachot, you say, on things that you bring on to yourself. I mean, if you, if you buy a house, clothing with a Berachot over there. And we'll see also a prayer that you're not allowed to, you know, ask God for. Right, so if someone builds a new home, or he bought new kelim, new garments, he says, Right, that you, you let us, you brought us, you gave us life, and you, and you, you know, sustained us, and you brought us to this time. He, a person makes a beracha. Al hara'a, so for over bed. Even though it can lead to good, such as what? So the example that's brought down over here, Hanabam, and also in the Talmud, is a flash flood. Let's say a flood came and it flooded his field. That's bad. Even though in the end it could lead to the land being, you know, very moist and having the right nutrients, which is very good, it could be good in the long term. Even so, you make a beracha, right? Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. Right, that's the that's the beracha that you say that we mentioned last Mishnah for something bad that happens. So even if it's you know it could be good in the long term, it doesn't matter if it's bad for you now. You say the beracha baruch dayan ha'emet, and vice versa, right? For something that's good, you would say baruch hatov ha'metiv, even if it could potentially lead to something bad in the future, right? And that's what the second part of the Mishnah speaks about. Um, What's an example of this? So the example that's brought down over here is if one found money, right? That's good. So you make a beracha, tov emetiv. But someone saw him at the moment. Now, what's wrong with that? So Anabam over here explains, you know, they may rat him out to the authorities. And then he continues, and he'll have to pay more than what he found. Right? So pay attention to what Harambam does over here. He doesn't explain that he'll have to pay it back. Rather, he continues and says he ha- he'll have to pay back more than he found. Seemingly, it seems like Harambam over here is Mephadash that he's trying to create something bad from the circumstance. It's not bad if you just lost what you got, it's bad if you lose more than what you had to start with. Now, you're not going back to phase one. You're actually losing more money because the authorities now will, you know, someone saw him that he found money and now they're going to report him to the authorities. Now they're going to take more than what he just found. So that would be, um, that's how he understood the language of the Talmud. Right? If the, if the Malka, if the, if the king hears, he's going to take it from him. Right? That's not enough. So he says he'll take everything from him. Bartinura. Uh, has a different understanding and he says that you know he's gonna have to return the object and he'll get beaten right it seems like he's also bothered by the same point of what's so bad about just you know losing what you found no he's gonna lose it and he's gonna get beaten right so it's a little different take on it um now Bob explains the reason over here why why are you saying 
a beracha on, on good if it could potentially be bad in the future. And he says that because all this may happen, it's a safik. And we need to bless on the present without looking at the results that may or may not happen in the future. All right, that's the first half of the Mishnah. Next part of the Mishnah speaks about Hatsoek le Right? If someone you know cries out the Sha'avar, you know, over something, Harambam says Harambam explains over here, over something that happened already. This is a tefillah shab, this is a tefillah vein. Now, I think this is fabulous what Harambam does over here because What's Hanabam explaining? If you look at his perush, let me just take a second to really understand Hanabam and, and understand these, these really fascinating how he, with two words, he's really bothered by something and he's answering questions. Sometimes the most simple questions that we're just not sensitive to with one or two words. So Hanabam says over here, perush l'shi'avar, davar shahalaf. Right, the perush of something that, you know, that the shi'avar in the past is, you know, something that passed. All right, okay, I know someone who's crying for something that happened in the past. I think over here, Harambam is brilliantly bothered and, 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 and just shifts us away from the literal tra- translation. Because how could you understand the word Lesha'avar? It literally means if we prayed in the past, <laughs> which is obviously not the intention here. Everybody prays in the past. So Hanabam says it's not over here Hatsu'ek l'sha'avar, someone that prayed in the past. No. Hatsu'ek l'sha'avar means someone is praying or crying over something that already happened in the past. That's just a little, little tidbit for you know, someone that really wants to appreciate how Hanabam is so sensitive to the, to the literal language of the Mishnah. And for us, the reader, with two words, sometimes he'll just veer us and steer us away from a misunderstanding that we could potentially have. So he says this with two words, and he says now, so back to the Mishnah, if someone um, cries over something that already happened, that's a tithat shah, that's a, that's a prayer in vain. How so? If his, if his wife is already pregnant, right? She's already pregnant, that's it. The fetus is already determined, right? The Gemara says after 40 days, the fetus is already determined if it's a male or female. And now he starts to, to pray, that my wife should have a baby boy. That's a tefillat shav. The gender is already determined from, you know, as the Talmud says, from 40 days. So that's it. You can't, you can't pray anymore. God's not changing anything. That's a tefillat shav. Or... Or this is also interesting. If someone is coming on the road and he hears, hears noise coming from the city, right? And, and he's crying and, and screaming and he's like, oh God, w- w- what's happening over here? And he says, Yiratzon, he closes, he closes his eyes and prays, Yiratzon, that this should not be in my home. That's a tefillah shav. Because what happened, happened. You can't pray that it can't be in your home anymore. It's done. And Hanabam explains over the reason is we pray for things in the future. There's nothing. We can't pray for the past. You can only pray for the future. That closes off this Mishnah. Uh, In next Mishnah, we'll see a tefillah for entering and exiting a city.